Well, this afternoon in Ottawa, the Finance Committee begins looking into the Trudeau government's dealings with the WE charity. Now, the PM, of course, apologizing after failing to recuse himself in a decision that saw the WE charity get a sole-sourced billion-dollar contract, which was later revoked. At the same time, the Trudeau family was receiving speaking fees from that charity. Meantime, there's a report out today that says Canada's health charities are facing some tough times. And for more on this, we're joined by Brian Dykema. He is a VP with the think tank Cardis, and he joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Brian, good afternoon. Nice to speak with you again. Yeah, you too. How are you, Jeff? And well, thanks. Uh, what are we hearing? Uh, what does this report say when it comes to Canada's uh, health uh, charities? Uh, they're facing, it looks like, an uphill battle. Yeah, it's inf- unfortunately, it's confirming what many of us suspected would happen with charities, which is that ch- uh, donations would be declining. And what this report shows is that dec- they're declining by about half, um, which is which is worse than what we thought. Uh, when we did some projections based on 2008, we thought they would go down around 30%. But the, the number of 50% drops in donations is something we're hearing more and more. And so what I think it does is highlight the need for uh, assistance for charities, particularly the ones that are uh, working hard to, uh, you know, serve Canadians in whatever form. These are particular health charities, but there are all kinds of other ones too that are serving the poor, those that are doing conservation work, and so on. Across the board, charities are seeing significant declines, um, and I think it, all of this is just lending more and more. This and some of the other stuff that's been happening in the charitable world is lending more and more strength to a proposal that was put out earlier this year, which was asking the government to match donations at at a one to one basis. So. You know, it's interesting if if uh, these health charities are seeing their um, donations decline by 50 percent, uh, a one to one matching uh, program would would mean that they're back up and actually on par with the way they used to be. For sure. Now, considering the enormous outpouring we've seen for our healthcare heroes during this pandemic, just how shocking is this news to you, Brian, that uh, health charities of all charities are seeing a decline by 50 percent? Well, unfortunately, it's actually not that shocking. I mean, what, what many of these charities do are things that are research sort of back, what you might want to call backline work for healthcare, um, research into things like diabetes or lung or Parkinson's, all these things that need a lot of emphasis over time and a lot of sort of work in the background to do that research. And I think that's what you're seeing. Um, it's, a little less, it's a little less in people's face, and that's true for a lot of charities, they're not so much in people's face, and so it's, it's harder uh, for the fundraisers who would normally, you know, get out there and be getting donations to raise, raise funds at these times, particularly when people's attention is elsewhere. Um, and I think that, again, you know, there are so many charities that are doing work, and they're really, really struggling. And, you know, it seems to me that with the cancellation of the WE charity uh, uh, program, which is about a billion dollars, uh, we did a report a couple of weeks back that showed that, you know, declines in, in tax credits that the government would give back would, would equal to an, about another half a billion. And if you if you add that up, it actually adds up to what we are saying the government should do, which is about one and a half billion dollars worth of supports in a one-to-one basis. As I was bringing you on, I mentioned off the top the investigation of the government's dealing with the WE charity. Just how much tougher does news like that, does it make for other, uh, how much tougher does it make it for other charitable organizations, do you think? Well, I think actually the WE charity is a case study of why the matching program is is probably the best one. That WE charity, Shamazel, 
came because of the, the deep political connections, you know, questions about sole sourcing and so on. And it sort of raises the question of can government, is government the right uh, person to do the job of picking which charities should receive taxpayer benefit or not? I think the answer is you should do what donors already do. Let the donors lead and have the government match what the donors are doing. Um, and if, if anything, I think the, the, the debacle around the We Charity thing is making, I think, a pretty strong case for um, uh, a program that helps all charities across the board, no matter who you are, no matter what kind of work you're doing, and letting donors lead it rather than having government pick and choose. Is that the lesson to come out of this? Do you think a big picture that uh, we need to get apolitical when it comes to our uh, charities and make some, as I think you're suggesting here, some substantive changes that would help all charities? That's right. I think I think what we really want to be looking at is something that enables all charities um, and one that is actually going to have real effect. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting. You look at the WE, the WE program. It was intended to get volunteers going, right? I think that was part of what we're doing, attempting to get a little bit of money to uh, students. And there's some real questions about whether or not you should be paying volunteers. But the reality is if you provide charities with, with money that they're all already, don't forget, this is a, the charities are actually going to have to have skin in the game. They're going to have to actually get out there and get the money. And if they do that and that's matched and you can actually leverage that, charities are going to be able to start up programs. And that's really where the volunteer base comes from, charities doing programs. And I think that's a problem that would sort of naturally emerge out of, uh, out of the support for charities that we're talking about. You know, obviously, Brian, this pandemic has hurt so many in so many different ways. You've got individuals who maybe have seen their wages clawed back, haven't returned to work, perhaps. Uh, corporations certainly have seen a decline in revenue. Has that been kind of a one-two punch for charities? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the the one-two punch. The one, the, the sort of left hand is the is the fact that you know these wages are going down. There's just a little bit less money going around in the pool. And then there's sort of the right uppercut, uh, which is a really hard one, which is you just can't get out and, and get together and, and do what charities normally do, right? There's a lot of face-to-face meetings, big galas, big gatherings where we can talk about the great work that charities are done. And people, when they see it, are willing to open up their checkbook. And when you take away the charity's ability to do that, it makes it much harder to, to raise funds. Um, what's interesting is that people are still raising funds. They're out there. It's just a little bit harder to get. And you know, that's why, you know, when we're making our proposal out there, we're not saying bail them out. What we're saying is actually just just leverage it. Leverage the work that they're doing. Allow charities to get through this tough time. It's going to be a tough year for charities across the board. And we want to make sure that the capacity of the charitable sector is taken care of and set up to, to be stronger than it was coming out, than it was going in. You know, one of the things I've loved out of all of this is the innovation we've seen by individuals and by charitable organizations. I've spoken with uh, several people that, you know, runs have unfortunately been canceled, but they're doing them virtually uh, over the uh, Internet, cheering each other on and uh, raising money that way. That certainly, Brian, has been heartening to see. Yeah, absolutely. And you see that across the board. I was actually talking to somebody from a great organization in Toronto uh, called Dare Arts that uh, does a lot of work using arts to help kids who are who are vulnerable. And they've done that too. They've had to pivot. They've had to pivot once, twice, and we're able to, you know, pull off some really great events and actually bind those communities uh, together. And I think, I think that's really what's, what's important here is that when you provide people with an opportunity and an incentive to give, what you actually find is a community binding together rather than being torn apart and I think that's, as you sort of say, it's it's very heartening and very encouraging, and I, we'd love to see more of that. Absolutely. Brian, appreciate the time, as always, in the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Always a pleasure. Looking forward to talking again soon. You bet. There goes Brian Dikema. He's the vice president with the think tank Cardis on charities uh, facing tough times like so many during this pandemic.